Hey friends, welcome to episode 125 of the Smart Business Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Kent Sanders, and this is the show dedicated to helping you share your message, increase your impact, and grow your business through the power of writing. Well, as I record this, this is Sunday night, January the 12th, and yesterday we had, I wouldn't say a major snowstorm here in St. Louis, but it was a fairly decent one, and we got several inches of snow. So as I'm recording this, it's already dark outside, and this show releases tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it's at least January the 13th. It's dark outside. It's really cold and wet and um, you know, just kind of dark, and it reminds me that this is the time of year when... Even though we, we set these goals for the year and, and a lot of people are fired up about what they want to accomplish during the year, it's also a time of year, at least for a large part of the country and in other parts of the world as well, I know. It's a time of year when we just kind of want to get in bed and hibernate. <laughs> you know, Here in Missouri, where I live, uh, in St. Louis, in the wintertime, it gets dark like at 5 p.m. And, and 4.30 sometimes. So there's this temptation to just kind of want to hibernate and... I just want to encourage you here at the beginning of this episode, before I get into the main content, just to keep plugging away on those goals. Don't let the fact that it's cold and wintry, perhaps where you live, slow you down. Let's really charge hard toward those goals that we want to set for ourselves and let's make it happen this year. All of us have a lot of things that we can offer. We have a lot of things that we can give. We have a lot of value to add to others. So even though Maybe you haven't uh, even a couple of weeks into January. Maybe you haven't totally met the goals that you set for yourself. And maybe you already feel like giving up, which I know a lot of people already do. Don't do that. Please stick with it and hang in here with me and let's make 2020 our best year ever. All right, let's get into today's content. I wanted to throw that little mini sermon in there for you before I got into the main stuff with this episode. A few weeks ago, I sat down in a dark theater with my 15-year-old son, who's named Ben. It was a Thursday night, and it was a few days before Christmas, and we were there to see a movie that I had been looking forward to for a couple of years. That movie is called The Rise of Skywalker, which, as you probably know, is the culmination of not just Disney's Star Wars trilogy, but also the entire nine-film Skywalker saga as a whole. Now, don't get me wrong. I truly enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker. I really did. It was a fun movie. It had a lot of great fan moments, but story-wise, the movie's kind of a mess. And it's pretty clear that the filmmakers didn't have enough time to craft a story that was really, really coherent and made total sense. And as you're watching the movie, you get this sense like the movie's just rushing forward to a conclusion at this breakneck pace, and it doesn't really have time to catch its breath. Now, you'll notice that I call this Disney's Star Wars trilogy, not just the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And the reason that I refer to it that way is that not only does Disney own Star Wars now, it's also pretty clear that this newer trilogy was the product of a huge entertainment company that wanted to please as many people as possible, as opposed to what the original six Star Wars films were, so the original trilogy as well as the prequels. And those were the results basically of a single creative vision, that being, of course, the creator of Star Wars, George Lucas. Now, a little side note here, I do realize the prequels have their issues, but if there's one thing that you can say about the prequels is that they do fit together really, really well. We recently rewatched all the Star Wars movies, my son and I, together, and 
again, I realize the prequels have lots and lots of issues with acting and sometimes with wonky visual effects and, and things like that, but they do fit together really well. They tell one continuous story that's very internally consistent, even though who can forget such classic lines like, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. You know, one of the classic low points of the Star Wars prequels and probably of cinema of all time. Nevertheless, there are some things that we can say for the prequels, which is that they do tell a coherent story, which is something that you don't really have as much whenever you talk about the sequel trilogy, episodes seven, eight, and nine, and especially the rise of Skywalker. The thing that you immediately notice whenever you watch the rise of Skywalker is that in many ways, it's designed to walk back on story points from the previous film, which was The Last Jedi. And I don't want to go into all those details here. There's a million YouTube videos exploring how The Rise of Skywalker walks back on some story points from The Last Jedi. But it's pretty clear that these two movies were going in totally different directions. Now, of course, The Last Jedi was, in many ways, a reaction to the previous movie, which was Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. And pretty much anyone who has seen the, the sequel trilogy would agree that these movies don't really fit together. Now, they do have a general basic story that they all share, of course, and they have the same characters, but they just don't really fit together that much. And if you look at how the Disney trilogy was created, it's common knowledge that Lucasfilm did not have an overarching coherent plan for this trilogy. They took it film by film with episodes eight and nine going in a different direction than the movies that immediately came before them. So you have episode seven, then episode eight went in a different direction. And then episode nine went in a different direction than episode eight and tried to almost in a way it was a sequel to episode seven. So it's just kind of a weird, a weird thing. And this brings me to the point of this whole episode, which I've taken a few minutes to get there. But, but Hey, once I start talking about star Wars, it's really hard to get me to stop. So the main point of this episode is that there's something as writers that we can learn. That's very important from Disney's Star Wars sequel trilogy. And that lesson is you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan for your writing. Honestly, it totally baffles me that Disney purchased Lucasfilm for about $4 billion several years ago, yet they did not have a coherent plan for this movie trilogy. Now, I'm not a business wizard by any stretch of the imagination, but that seems like common sense. You know, if you're going to buy this super valuable intellectual property, let's map out a plan for these movies that people have loved literally for decades and for generations. Let's have a coherent plan so that they're all moving in the same direction. It honestly just totally baffles me that they did not do that. Now, I'm sure there are some very good reasons for that, but just on paper, it, it seems to make sense to have a coherent plan for all three of those movies. Now, I don't mean to to crap on this new Star Wars trilogy. I don't mean to do that at all. I've enjoyed each of these movies, and I'm very grateful to have them because I love Star Wars. To me, Star Wars is kind of like bacon in the sense that, hey, even, even when the bacon isn't really that good, it's still bacon. You know what I mean? So I still love Star Wars even when it's not very good Star Wars. So let's take a moment and apply this lesson to our business writing. What does it mean to have a plan for our writing. Well, in short, it just means that when you sit down to write something, have an idea of where you want to go. When you do that, it makes writing so much easier, so much faster, and I think it makes it a lot more fun. And if you're not having fun when you're writing, then I think you need to change it up. 
Writing should be enjoyable. It should be something that brings pleasure instead of being something that brings pain and angst and suffering mentally and emotionally. Now, what I want to do the rest of this episode is I want to take this this theme of having a plan for your writing and I want to apply it to one of the most common types of writing, which is the humble blog post. And here I'm talking about a self-contained piece of writing that is somewhere between 500 and 1,000 words long. Now, this type of writing or, or this, I guess, this length of one single content piece could also apply to other types of writing, such as a short book chapter, a podcast episode, maybe like this one, or an average length article. The kind of article that you would find on Inc., Fast Company, Entrepreneur.com, or those kinds of places. And by the way, just as a little side note, each one of my solo podcast episodes, like you're listening to right now, also doubles as a blog post. So these different formats can go back and forth, just like a blog post can also be a book chapter or an article that you can syndicate on something like Medium or LinkedIn. So once you write one piece of content, you can use that content multiple places. On an upcoming episode, I'll be talking more about how to repurpose that, but that's not the main point of this episode. So what I'd like to do is share three things to plan out whenever you sit down and write a blog post. Now, again, whether we're talking about a podcast episode, blog post, article, whatever it is, really they're all kind of interchangeable in the sense of this is about a, you know, 500, 750 word, a thousand word piece of content that you can use multiple different kinds of places. So these are three things to plan out whenever you write a blog post. Number one is the introduction. You want to make sure and plan out the introduction of a blog post before you actually sit down to write it. In my day job, I'm a college professor, and one of the courses that I teach is speech. It's a basic freshman-level communications course, and in the whole last section of that course, we focus on persuasive speeches. When we come to that section on persuasive speeches, we don't call the first part of the, the speech the introduction. We actually call it the attention step. And the reason we do that is because the purpose of the beginning of the speech is to actually get the listener's attention. And I think the same thing is true for any piece of content that you write. Let me give you two simple ways to get a reader's attention in a blog post or an article. The first way is to use a reversal. And a reversal is a very, very common approach to getting people's attention. Basically, in a reversal, you start the article or the blog post this way. You say, this is the conventional wisdom about the topic I'm writing about, but I want to say something that's different. So you spend the first paragraph of the introduction talking about what everybody believes about your topic, and then you take the second and third paragraphs and you say, here's why the conventional wisdom is wrong. And then that is also a bridge to the main points, which we'll get to in just a second. And really this makes sense because if you're, if you're only saying things that people already think or believe, then there's no point in them reading your your article or your blog post. You always want to say something that's new or fresh or it's a different take on something. Otherwise, why should they read it? I mean, the whole reason we're writing is to give a new take on something or give a fresh approach or tell the reader or tell the listener something that they don't know. So that's a great way to set up what you're going to tell them is to say, here's what the conventional wisdom is, but I'm going to say something different. In fact, it reminds me of what Jesus said many times in the New Testament where he would go, You've heard it said such and such, but I say, and then he would go on to say something that was counterintuitive or that went against conventional wisdom. 
So that's the first way to start off an introduction is to use a reversal. The second way is simply to tell a story. Everybody loves stories. In fact, you might have noticed that I started off this episode with a story about seeing the new Star Wars movie. Well, there's a reason I did that, and that's because stories get our attention. So those are two possible ways to plan out an effective introduction, a reversal and also a story. Here's the second main area of a blog post or an article that you should plan out, and that is the main points. Now, the main points really boil down to something really simple. We just choose two to five aspects of our topic, and we spend a paragraph or two on each of those. People really love numbered lists. In fact, numbered lists are baked into our human nature. People love to click on articles that have a numbered list of some type. Five ways to do this, or four things you should know, or uh, three things to do on vacation, whatever the topic is. In fact, this is such a common framework for an article that there's a name for this type of article in the publishing world, and it's called a listicle. So it's it's an article that is basically a list. And I love that word, listicle. It just It's just kind of fun to say. Whenever I write a blog post or create a podcast episode or write an article, I almost always have the main points set before I write that article. Most of the time, these change somewhat as I go through the process of actually writing the post or the article. And the reason is because the process of writing is a process of discovery. As you write, you discover things as you're thinking through the details of that and as you're explaining it or illustrating it or sharing a story. And sometimes whenever you write, you you discover that the article needs to be about something else entirely which is a little disconcerting because you're like, well, I was going this direction, but now I know I have to change the whole thing. But that's totally okay because you've got to have something to get you started and you need a starting point somewhere. You've got to have something to hang your head on. But but then when you take off down the road and you actually are writing it, sometimes that road is going to take you in a different direction. And that is, again, that's totally okay. Don't get stressed out by that. So I strongly recommend that you have your main points written before you start writing the blog post or the article, because again, you've got to have something to hang your hat on and it's, it's going to make the process of completing it way faster. You know, as they say in the editing world, you cannot edit something that you have not written. So you need something to get you started and something to get you going down the road. Now, one more thing about all this, when it comes to the main points and planning those out, sometimes you'll be writing And you'll come up with a main point that doesn't fit within the article. Maybe it doesn't take you in a whole different direction, but you come up with something that doesn't really fit. That's a good thing. And that's because that's going to give you another article idea. So whenever that happens, just take that idea that doesn't fit in the article or blog post and put it in Evernote or Scrivener or a Word document or Google Docs or whatever else you use to write and hang on to that idea for something later. So we need to plan out the introduction, we need to plan out the main points, and then finally we need to plan out the call to action. Now in some sense, the call to action is a conclusion to the article. However, a call to action is more than just a summary of the article at the end of it. A call to action is literally a calling out, or you might also say it's a beckoning or an invitation for the reader to take some type of action. And ultimately, all business writing should be about inspiring some kind of action within the reader. Now, that action could be a bunch of different things. It could be signing up for an email list. It could be buying a product. It could be 
wanting them to get on a sales call with you. It could be making some type of positive change in their life or doing something else. It totally depends on what you're writing about and what your industry is and what your business is. But ultimately, business writing is pointless unless it somehow prompts the reader to action. That's the whole reason that we're writing is to get the reader to take action of some kind. Many times we create articles or books or blog posts that have a lot of information, but they don't ultimately compel the reader to take action, which is not a good idea because we want them to take action of some kind. So before you sit down to actually write the content, think about what you want the reader's action to be, and then you can write toward that. It's much easier to write an article knowing what the end is going to be and what you want them to do if you know that ahead of time. Now, again, I don't think you need to be super legalistic about this or that you've got to be very rule driven about this because again, the writing process is a process of discovery. And as you're writing, sometimes things change and that's totally normal. That's totally natural. That's just the curiosity process at work. But again, you've got to start somewhere. So try and think about that ahead of time. Now, I also want to say this about the call to action. Don't just guess what you want that action to be. I want you to to be able to think intelligently about that call to action so that you're leading the reader on a journey of some kind. That blog post that you're writing, the podcast, the book chapter, or the article, those things are just one part of the overall journey that you want to take that reader on. So think about what the next logical step for them should be. Sometimes whenever it comes to the call to action, we shrink back and we're, we're too timid with what we're asking the reader to do. But ultimately, whenever we're writing, we're serving people. We're writing so we can improve people's lives and so we can make things better for them. So don't be shy in asking for a response from your reader. For example, if you have something cool for them as a gift for signing up for your email list, invite them boldly. Don't hold back. Don't shrink back from that invitation. You don't want to be overbearing or you don't want to be a jerk about it. But, hey, if you've got something cool for the reader, don't be shy about asking them to to visit your website or to sign up for your email list or do whatever it is that you know you have created and is going to improve their life. Here's the secret. And the secret is people want to be led. People really do want to be led. They want you to take them on a journey. They want someone to give them clear guidance on what their next steps should be. So whatever your call to action is, make it bold and make it clear. One more thing before I start to wrap up this episode. I've applied all the steps that I've talked about in this episode to the episode itself. So in other words, before I wrote out the content, I sat down to think about what the introduction would be, what the main points that I've shared with you would be, and also what the call to action or the conclusion would be. Most of the time for this podcast, the call to action is actually the same. Normally, it's that I want you to check out the show notes. And when you do that on my website, that's going to then invite you to sign up for my email list. And when you do that, I'll send you a free gift over email and that will continue our relationship. And then ultimately, maybe that'll include purchasing one of my books, coming to an event that I put on or hiring me as a ghostwriter or who knows whatever else kinds of things I'll introduce in the future. So in other words, this podcast is only one part of a greater whole. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. Now, a podcast episode is a self-contained unit, but I think if you're if you're running your, your business intentionally, that podcast is part of a much greater whole. 
Well, friends, I know I've given you a lot of stuff to think about on this episode, and this episode went on way longer than I intended it to. I intend for these solo episodes to go on for maybe 10 minutes or less, but I had way too much to say today, and I guess that's okay because, hey, I love you guys, and I want to help you out, and I love talking about this stuff. It's also hard to get me to shut up whenever we're talking about Star Wars. So those are my thoughts, but I would love to hear what you think about this episode. What did you think about The Rise of Skywalker? Do you agree with my assessment about Disney's sequel trilogy? And also, I want to know, how do you plan out your writing? Whenever you create a blog post, an article, or a podcast, or something else, how do you plan that out? I'm sure I can learn some things from you. You can let me know the answer to any of those questions, or all of them, by heading over to kentsanders.net slash 125 and leaving a comment on this episode. And that's also where you'll find the show notes and the links for this episode. Again, that's kentsanders.net slash 125. Hey, before I do the final wrap-up here, here's a preview of what's coming up on the next couple of episodes. On the next one, we're going to talk about the benefits of keeping a journal, something I'm really passionate about and can't wait to share with you about. And then on Friday's episode, number 127, my good friend Jim Woods is going to be our guest, and he's going to be talking about the topic Every problem is a story problem. And this is going to be really, really fun. We recorded this the other day, and he's got a lot of cool stuff to share with you. So, hey, friends, thanks so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you listening. There's a lot of podcasts out there I know, and I'm so grateful and so honored that you would take time out of your life to listen to this one. So, again, I really appreciate you, and I'm so glad that you're spending this time with me. Until next time, remember that your writing has the power to change people's lives. I'll see you in the next episode.